0: this is bottle talk with rick and paul and today we're talking about you about me no not you although you'd like it to be about you we are talking about our listeners oh man we have some research on what you our listeners drink course you know what wines you drink but still we're going to tell you because that's what we do (laughs) tell you about yourselves (laughs) even when we're wrong I'm Rick Cushman I'm Paul Wagner this is Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul and today we have some research on what you're drinking we've got our regular contributor Hank Beal the wine buyer for Nugget Market to talk about what he sees in stores and we have questions from listeners plus as always because that's what we do we will make fun of wine stops stay with us You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and today we're going to tell you about what you know, which is what wines you drink and what you buy, because... We're journalists. We're media people. Something like that. <laughs> That's what they do: is tell you things you already know, and then we're usually wrong. Actually, though, this is uh, uh, it's a recent report from researchers at Sonoma State University. Right. Uh, some one, a couple. of at least Liz is a friend of both of ours.
1: Right. Well, actually, Liz Tosh and uh, Jenny Olson were both people who co-authored the uh, book we wrote on wine marketing. There you um, go. So, and so, if you read that book, you will discover certain chapters are really just kind of shot from the hip. Sounds like doesn't know what he's talking about. That be yours. Those were the ones I wrote, yes. and then the ones that are carefully researched with footnotes and all the academic stuff. Those are the ones that Liz and Janine wrote. All right. Well, and Tom Atkin is also part of yep. that group. Yep. And they did a national survey. Uh, so we're going to take you a little bit through
0: this, and and. Um, and the the caution, by the way, is that it's a national survey. So, like, if you live in wine country or far from wine country, the numbers are going
1: to be pretty different for you're you. You're checking out, yeah. You're going to give them the numbers, and then you're going to say, "No, but really, they don't apply to you well, anyway." Well, so, they, they apply yeah, on the
0: larger out. scale, which, if nothing else, sort of helps uh, show why the wine markets are what they are, or at least why wineries make what they make. Yeah, that's exactly right. But actually, looking at the numbers, they 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 also sort of they sort of pass the sniff test, as we say. You've um, been sniffing numbers again, I- Rick? I do, I do. What I do is I roll them up, I chop them. All right, so uh, here we go. This is what they did. This was one of the things that they did, and I I like how they did this, was they gave them a list of of the most popular wines. I mean, there's like 15 or 20 of them. Right. And they said, list all the wines that you drink that you like. That you like. Yeah. Good. So, number one, and people make fun of this wine. And yet, number one,
1: 55% all... uh, Clicked Merlot. Of course they did because Merlot tastes good. Yep. 52%. Chardonnay. So there you go. The Wait, two wines. And I'm going to ever... tell you what number three is. It's Cabernet, of course, because it's been that way for the last 15 years. Absolutely, and, that, and so they did so research on this. They huh? did, yes, <laughs> and they probably got paid for it too. Yep. They,
0: I don't want to make fun of them. They are friends, but nonetheless, uh, yes. Um, although it it is it is sort of a confirmation of what we know. And and here's the thing: is the um, the cool kids are making fun of Merlot, although less so now, and they're making well, fun of Chardonnay. Remember the film
1: Sideways, where it was clear that anybody who drank Merlot was simply not hip. But you know what? That that film did not. Have the overwhelming impact that people claimed it yeah, did. Yeah, there were things going on. Merlot has always been popular. It will always be popular because it's a good wine.
0: Yeah, and there, if there was a, a a a trending drop in Merlot sales for a couple of reasons, not, not the least of which it, it was such a big seller at first. Right, things are always going to come off, yeah. and, and also. You know, because what was going on at the time was there were a lot of sort of dumbed-down merlot not at the time, but early on, sort of dumbed-down Merlots
1: just to get people Whatever's to drink red wine. gets planted everywhere. Yeah. Everybody makes it, even the guys who don't know how to plant it, grow it, or make it. And then a bunch of l- lousy wine shows up on the market, and people say, boy, that varietal isn't good. You know what? It's great. There is very good Merlot on the market. Right now, you know, what that's happening to is Syrah. Talk to, to buyers at, at stores, and they'll tell you, oh, I can't sell Syrah. And yet there's fabulous Syrah out there to drink.
0: You've, you've heard the joke, right? What's the difference between Saron and Elephant? I don't know. Eventually, you can move an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is. It, there are and and Syrah is starting to come around. Actually, uh, yeah, you it's know, good wine over over the uh, the the holidays, the end of December. I was out wine tasting with friends, a few places up uh, yep. up in the foothills, down in Monterey. You know, right, and where they make some good Syrahs good Syrahs And they were all saying, and my the friends that I was out with, various groups of friends, were, were really liking it. Yep. So I think uh, yep. hopefully, because I do like Syrah, I'm hoping that it gets bested. So here's a couple. So the next the next Next bunch, okay. Pinot Grigio again, no surprise. One of the very right. popular wines by the glass in restaurants. Right. White Zinn. of course. Everybody, of course. White, why not? Right. And 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 Pinot Noir. Yep. All right. So and then after that is Infidel. Again, not a surprise. These are wines that, but but that yeah. White Zinn is so up the ladder is something that is worth noting because there's a whole lot of folks that are just landed there. <laughs>
1: And they're happy there. They're happy there. And, And there are a whole bunch of folks who will tell you that they will never drink white Zinfandel unless they're asked in a secret poll by market researchers when they check the box and say, well, if I really am truthful, yeah, I do drink white Zin from time to time. And you know what, Rick? I drink white Zin from time to time.
0: You know, one of uh, one of my uh, fr- favorite wineries in Amador County, and I'm not going to give it away. Um, although they'll tell you if you walk in the taste room, their rosé is white Zin. Right. It's just a. It's the rosé of Zin. That's a- right. It's classically a white Zin. It tastes yep. like a white Zin. It is wildly popular. Wildly popular. <laughs> yeah. Tastes good. People yep. love it. Yeah. So what
1: do they have on that list that we? What are what are what, are, what about the new stuff? Does well, Malbec or Moscato well, or down Riesling the show so, up on so, all of those things?
0: Yeah. So now we're talking. That was three, six, nine. I should have numbered these things. So at at 10, yeah. 11, 12, I think we've got uh, Sauvignon Blanc was 20%. So it was Riesling after Zinn and then Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and then at 20% was Malbec. Yep. Uh, and 17% was Muscat Moscato, which
1: probably has sort of leveled out. And yeah, then 14 uh, I'm not sure throughout. it has, but I will tell you that if you'd done this survey th- five years ago, Riesling oh, wouldn't have been anywhere near and there. And Mus-
0: nobody would have heard of Muscat.
1: And Malbec was that brand new grape from Argentina that people have heard about but maybe not tasted, and now they're right there in the top 10, top 15.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, I hear this from my restaurant folks, you know, among the other things that I do in my life uh, to yeah. try to scratch out a, a feeble earning living there is, uh, I, I work with some restaurants on on uh, their marketing and, and a lot with their wine work. Yeah, and um, And they all say that by the glass, Malbec is a
1: huge Huge seller. Cuz what happens people hear about a wine, it's new, they want to try it, not wild about buying a whole bottle. Restaurants the perfect place you you order a glass, and if the restaurant buyer's done a good job and it's a good glass of Malbec, then you got a new fan. And to me, what's fun about this is, remember, in previous shows, we've made fun of ABC, anything but Chardonnay and Cabernet. Well, number one's Merlot. Number four is Pinot Grigio, White Zinn, Pinot Noir. They're all up there. Right. And, and really, I mean, all of those are top wines, all of them uh, competing for a huge percent of the market share. And it just means that... Not only should we encourage people to, I'm going to get on a soapbox, and not only should we encourage people to drink all it, but a, try a bunch of other stuff too. There's stunning wines out there from all kinds of different, right. Viognier isn't here, it'll be here in five years. Yeah, you're going to start hearing about Viognier next as, all,
0: on this list. All I would say was don't stand on a soapbox while you drink, because after a while you're going to get wobbly. <laughs> um, so they also did Prices, um, and, and uh, this one's a little, it's again, not unexpected, um, but it's these numbers are up from a survey I saw during the Great Recession, only right. maybe three years ago. Right, um, and it was for people who buying buying wine in stores, uh, mm-hmm, supermarkets, mm-hmm. wine shops, wherever. Right. Um, the 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 the. Number 1 at 35%
1: was 10 to 15. dollars Yep, that's the sweet spot these yeah, days. Yeah, and
0: it, but it, but not so long ago it w- it was the number 2 which was 8 8 to 10 or right. even 5 to 8. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so number 1 was 10 to 15 35%. Yep. Um this then this was what do you buy most. This was not check the box. This right. was just what do you buy most. Yep. Number 2 22% is 8 to 10. Uh 15 to 20 was 16% and that's way up from the recession but back that's to where right. it was pre-recession levels. That's right. And then it was almost split you know going grading down
1: and up. Right. Um, the, well, the, the good news is at 10 to 15 dollars a bottle, you can actually get some pretty decent wines Absolutely. And, and wines from almost all over the world. So you can get good California wine, you can get good wine from Washington, um, you know, the, again, wines from different states, Italy, Portugal, wines from all over the world. Great fun. What a great time to be a wine consumer. Absolutely. Let's go let's go buy some wine right uh, now. Yeah, well, okay, we'll um Uh, We'll be back.
0: Talk to you next week. Uh, (laughs) uh, All right. No, we've got more. We've got more information here. Tell Hank to bring some wine with him. Absolutely. Uh, Another part of this that I thought was things that we knew, but I kind of like, is talking about restaurant prices. It's, you know, the... The the most common and and I think this is actually also we tend to think of restaurants as fine dining establishments, but most people eat out at restaurants that are a little less than quote unquote fine dining. Right. Um, and so the right. most popular bottle price twenty seven percent of people who dine out twenty to thirty dollars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yep. is then in that ten to fifteen dollar range in the store. Actually, it's the same wines. Right. Um, and That's then seventeen percent right. were thirty to forty. And That's although seventeen percent seven one seven yeah. And then uh, over $40 was 12%, which is so actually— So everybody
1: else is saying
0: is, less than $20 of all. Well, they—I they, uh, think they had a higher—much higher and much lower. Okay. Um, okay. And, and there's a few, but yeah. these, were the, I mean, all, really, these were all the d- double digits. You know,
1: the basic rule is, is in for most restaurants, is the uh, average wine price might want to be somewhere around the price of an entree or maybe an entree and an appetizer. So when you and I go out to dinner, you have a— an um, appetizer and entree I have an appetizer and entree and maybe you know that's 30% of the cost mine's 30% of the cost and then there's another 30% that's the that's the b- bottle of wine so if i get an expensive appetizer i can get a better wine? well or you know that but the idea is yeah that you the when you you're would. going to a more expensive restaurant you expect to pay more for the wine and what this tells me is a lot of people who filled out this survey are eaten in places where the entrées are 15 20 25 per person yeah
0: yeah yeah and it's it, yeah and it's, it's it's all that sorts of thing it's the, it's the the uh, there's a, a Japanese restaurant you and I have gone to uh, on occasion here in Sacramento that uh, relatively inexpensive wines and a bottle of wine there would be twenty bucks right you know and that's that's food's really good but that's yep. the casual place you know and that there's a lot of that going on out there too and and that is when we talk about rest and this is also this sort of goes to the wine business in general is that we we tend to think of the wine business as the really high end fine stuff but. The vast majority, as this study shows,
1: they're drinking down near the bottom in the middle because they just like and- wine. They call in baseball the middle of the order. Yep. You yeah, know? absolutely. That's four, five, and six hitters, and it's 10 to $15 a bottle.
0: Yeah, there was a couple other things in this that I liked. One of them was talking about restaurants. There's 21% of people who go to restaurants only buy wine by the glass. And of those, nearly
1: two-thirds bought in the 5 to $10 range, which is about what you would expect. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say I buy wines by the glass all the time, not only by the glass because, of course, if you go out in a larger group, it makes more sense to start buying bottles. Right. But you and I have had this conversation of, a few times about when you go out with your wife. I buy a bottle, and, and then she gets her own glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. You order some she orders what she wants and then you get a glass of something else if you don't like what she's ordered. Right, right. That's yeah, right.
0: It's a fun it's we always start with buy the glass and then if we sure. depend, what we're doing is then we may get a bottle that we
1: split and yep. um, we've been known to order yeah. two glasses of something very similar. And just mix and match and see which one we like best. And, of course, if my wife prefers one over the other, that's the glass she gets.
0: Yeah. There's a few more uh, bits of
1: information. Actually, there was one other survey that was out
0: recently was the from the Wine Market Council. Those are folks that monitor the market. Great people. And, and the part, the one Great that I people. like best, because um, we don't want to spend too much time just reciting numbers, but it was um, when people buy wines— From region in the United States, what wines do they buy? Right. Here's not a shock. Eighty-six percent of them buy wines from California. Yep. Thirty-four percent from Washington— 29% Twenty-nine from Oregon, and then 25 percent from New York. And good. I suspect that is mostly East Coasters. Sure. And in you, in New York, it's actually difficult. It's more difficult to find wines from California. Yeah. Because it's sort of yeah, one, it's farther away. Yeah. Second, it's kind of uncool yeah. if you're a hip New York. Well, restaurant. frankly,
1: outside of Oregon, it's harder to find Oregon wines because so many Oregon wines are consumed within the state. People right. in Oregon love that wine. The wines taste good, and they drink them all.
0: Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. That that is true. This is Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Next up, we'll take some questions. And Wine Market Council studies show that we will be right 32% of the time.
1: (laughs) Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and it's time to open our mailbag and take some questions from listeners. Okay. If, you'd like, if you'd like to ask a question, we can get, we will try to give it an answer, and go to rickandpaulwine.com, all one word, Rick And, Paul Wine. and by the way, look for us on iTunes. We are a podcast on iTunes, and you, you can subscribe for free, for free, just a click. If you're new to us, by the way, uh, you might wonder what qualifies us to be answering questions, and frankly, uh, we have no idea. What, we have a podcast. Isn't that qualification yes. enough? Yes, that is it. That's uh, right. We are we are two guys in the business. Uh,
1: Paul's uh, runs a marketing company. He also teaches all over the place. He uh, has a book on marketing. I do. I have a book on wine marketing, and in fact. Not only written with Liz Tosh and Janine Olson, but f- quotes figures right out of the Wine Market Council. So this is my, this is right in so, my so strike we're, zone. We are
0: do- we're doing PR for him.
1: That's right. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And of course, Rick has written a book on wine that has uh, none of these facts and figures in it. I don't bother with those. <laughs> um, but also a regular, regular um, host on Insight here on Capital cap public radio and knows all sorts of things about wine yeah well that's what i've heard that's what he tells me all the time Anyway, so we
0: pretend so let's go right to our question what do you got our first comes uh from marty tatterson in roseville Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she says we just pour our wine and drink it i always feel kind of bad someone told us we're supposed to let wine air for an hour we don't really want to wait an hour is that right good for her Huh? Yeah. or him i guess marty, I guess yeah, marty, marty, marty. Is a, Marty's a lovely woman by the way, a friend of our uh engineer uh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah
1: okay and uh and um great question, Marty Be- has a really good question there, yeah because it depends on the kind of wine and it depends on you, and mm-hmm. both of those things matter um first of all you don't you don't let sparkling wine breathe because if you let sparkling wine breathe for an hour. It's breathed its, it's last gas, yes. and it's all it's all those all those tiny little bubbles that Don Ho got so excited about. They're yeah. gone. Uh, white wine gets warm, so you don't want to let it breathe. So we're really only talking about red wine, and then it's really a question of personal taste. And I have always said the easiest and best way to let a wine breathe is to pour some in a glass and swirl it around. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, it really is, and. and um And you know there's probably one easy way to deal with it is is to not worry about it too much but but to swirl it and and if if you can and frankly, I'm not very good at this, don't drink it particularly fast, and you'll <laughs> notice
1: how the wine might change on you, and sure. then
0: sometimes it won't
1: yep um but it's always a good this is a very good reason why you should buy three bottles. So you open the first one, and you drink it over the course of an hour with dinner. And then the next one, you know, okay, it was really best. But then you got two more bottles to drink, and you oh, can— See, I was going to say the reason why you need three bottles if you're drinking one with me so you
0: could have some. So I could have some. Yeah, because right. I'm going to get the first two for sure. Um, yep. So, yeah, no— Yes, no. Don't let it. Don't let it be an issue. Um, and and just if you, if the if you drink it, and it feels like it's the we use the word tight, but just feel like it's, it's sort of there's not a lot of fruit, and the wine is um, kind of a little more edgy. If to it's it. a
1: little mean spirited. Then sometimes air yes. will help it, but whatever the case, don't feel bad marty the other the other solution of course is that if a wine is tight and tannic is to eat something that's salty and um, has some fat in it like a potato chip, and you'll discover the wine tastes better almost immediately, yeah, you know actually chemistry salt, is your friend salt well salt in particular,
0: yep, you know if you could if you want to it, when I do, I do these classes with food and wine classes, and um, you know, if they don't like it, you know, I walk around with a little salt shaker. Try it again. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. You know, it's the it's. Uh, and it's on the. By the way, the salt goes on the food, not the wine. Please. <laughs> well, I thought you were supposed to put it right on your tongue. <laughs> well, the, that actually could probably work. But um, yeah, because you know what happens actually with the salt is salt and the and there's the acidity in the wine and and the acid in wine and the salts. In, um, in, in salt. In salt. <laughs> uh, very, very solid he, point. Don't try this at home, folks. Yes. He's a professional. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they blend, and your brain actually translates those into, in, together into these very nice pleasure responses. Yep. So um, that's always—and yep. that's why we're
1: doing this anyway. So um, Yeah. Whatever you do, Marty, don't feel bad. Yeah. Just have the, enjoy the and wine. Really. Let it breathe in your glass. And
0: if you want the wine, just drink the darn stuff. That's, that's right. What I'm All right. Well, this one is from Riley Lane in Elk Grove. What's the deal with old vines?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, there's a term we haven't talked about. Yeah,
0: we, we need to go into depth in this another time. But, but here's the deal, which is that nobody knows.
1: <laughs> there is no legal definition of old vines. Right,
0: right. Now, now, there is no I'm sure, age.
1: I am sure that Riley has seen some wines that say old vine on them. And there are a few appellations around the world who have said, well, in our place, it's 35 or it's 45 or something. But there is no technical definition in the U.S. There's, no, there's not even a generally agreed upon no. definition. Some people would tell you 30. Some people would tell you 50. You know, it's... And then you talk to people who are making wines that are from vineyards that are 100 years old, and they say, well, if 35 years old is an old vine, what do I have? Right, right. So
0: having said that, the idea behind it is a little simpler, which is that the what in theory these older vines, the flavors change some. They're not going to be as
1: robust a vine. Kind of be- like people, they produce a little bit less fruit, but it's more intensely flavored. Yes, right. Well, I was going to say the that they pre-
0: perform a lot like you and I, which is feebly, but uh, <laughs> and 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 but so great flavor. Right. So that if the, it you know it can't it just can't throw tons of fruit out there. So the fruits right. tend to have more intense. Uh, flavors. Yeah. So that that's where everybody is reaching for with the but old But I wines. will also
1: tell you that I know wineries that have won international awards with wines that were harvested from vines that were only four or five years old. So it, you know, there is no—it would be really nice to give people simple rules. There aren't simple rules in wine. Just drink what you like. That's the simple rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm I'm with that. All right. And we have one more from uh, Joseph Burke in
0: Sonoma. Okay, good. This is what he says. I need some help with my girlfriend. Oh, boy. And so he's already asking you? You, got, you? Wrong place, my friend. <laughs> wrong place. This is what he says. I keep bringing her <laughs> I like this. I keep bringing her really nice wines, and she's not impressed. Yeah. She, she likes Moscato, as we read, talked about those numbers a little earlier. She likes Moscato and some of the red blends, and she thinks I'm trying to be a snob. What should I bring her? Okay, Joseph, how about Moscato and red blends? <laughs> <laughs> that's too easy, Rick. <laughs>
1: yeah, so first of all, if that's what she likes, go ahead and bring it up. I hear his pain. Yes. Because I'm sure she says the same thing about movies. I'm sure she says, you know, what do I do about my boyfriend? I would love to take Joseph to a movie that doesn't have a gunfight or a car chase. The Romo's, as they call them. But he just doesn't seem to be able to get past his love affair with car chases and gun battles. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes it's just the way people are with different tastes. I have a couple of suggestions, though. She likes Moscato. Moscato is an aromatic wine. It's a white wine. It's a fruity wine. You could go into a wine shop and ask for some more expensive versions of white, fruity, white wines, and I'm thinking particularly, for example, of some of the better German Rieslings, take her home one of those and see if she doesn't say, wow, this is a lot like Riesling, but it might even taste better. And if you've done that, then you've identified that that's what she likes. But if she likes Moscato, sweet, fruity, light, white wine, and you're bringing her Chardonnay, which isn't as fruity and isn't sweet, I don't blame her for not liking it. She doesn't like that, and she likes the red blends.
0: So those those can also be a little. They bit can sweet also be sweet and 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 sort of big and light and fruity. And absolutely, so, so, first of all, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. nothing, and you know, but so, but if you want to start. I'm I'm rolling my eyes at myself because I I don't really like saying this, but if you want to start moving her toward what we would consider finer wines, quote-unquote, which is the more expensive, and why would you? Because these are more expensive. Nonetheless, if you want her to drink the same wines that you drink,
1: there are some red blends out there that are just a little less sweet. Yeah, but see, I I think you're taking it down the wrong path there. Don't even bother what you're saying. What I'm saying is I think what you're saying is what she likes Will this is a common philosophy in the world of wine? She likes sweet wines. When she grows up, she'll learn to like dry wines. You know what? Maybe not. not. Uh, Maybe she will just like sweet wines. Why not embrace that and say, "Okay, I'm going to buy her a great bottle of," heck, bring her Chateau de Cam and see if she likes that. If she likes that. You're home free no, now. You know exactly what great wine you can bring her every every. Well, that Christmas. isn't exactly
0: what I'm saying. Uh, um, although it does sound that way. Yes, it, it does. That's
1: why but, you're rolling your eyes at yourself. Well, it, well, I often do that. <laughs> um, it,
0: uh, the, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not exactly right. what I'm saying is that it's nice, like with food. I, I, I'm going to give a very quick food thing that um, I used to not like bell peppers. I used to really be opposed to bell peppers. Still don't mm-hmm. like on a them on pizza. Basis. Yes, well, I was uh, right. I didn't like what they stood for. Um, and I was in New Orleans uh, it was a few years ago, and yeah. went, to, I went to a cooking school there, and had a really nice day. Yeah. And they talked about how they use, you know, their holy trinity there is is uh, celery, onions, and bell peppers. Right. And so I came back with all these recipes, and I was in the store with my nemesis, the bell pepper, picking up these face bell peppers, to face. looking, and you know, and having experienced them cooked in in, in great recipes. I I've right. really, I've really come to like the flavor, right. and so it's expanded my horizon. So I, it's right. one more thing that I like. So I'm not saying that 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 to to make her grow up in the wine world. I'm just saying right. there's going to be times when she won't have access to these. Well, see, I'm going to go the other direction. Fun. I
1: think it's Joseph who needs to expand his horizons Maybe. because you know what? If mm-hmm. he could bring her great German Rieslings that are sweet, fruity, fresh white wines, he might fall in love with those, and this would never be a topic of discussion ever again in their house.
0: All right. Oh, well, it's entirely possible. Um, all right. We need to zip up our mailbag and move along. Okay. Uh, we have We have more to cover. We've got some bad wine writing and a few other things. Um, But at the moment, you are listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Stay with us. Stay with us. You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. (laughs) Yes, indeed, it is time for our regular attempt to remind you that some wine writers are probably should learn to write.
1: It's a feature
0: we call "really horrible wine writing." They could learn about wine
1: too, some of them. But some what of the them could, yes, uh, right. especially considering what you've brought to the table. <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk about the word minerality. Which is a wine writing word that comes up way too often. Well, and interestingly enough, people in this country tend to think of it as being a classic old French term, but nobody used this word until the 1980s. So this is a new term, and I love the fact that Decanter Magazine, the sort of High-end wine magazine for the, from Great Britain recently had an article by a master of wine in it which talked about minerality. And the author of the article admitted that she didn't actually know what it meant, but she found it very useful. Yes, yes. Now, yes. I, to me, what else can you say about a word other than I don't know what it means, but I find it very useful? That's like saying... I have a map that never helps me get anywhere, but I use it all the time. I use it all the time. <laughs> Maybe as a coaster under a pair of drinks. I don't know. And then she actually quoted one of my favorite people in the wine industry, who's Dr. Monica Christmann, one of the enology professors at the University of Geisenheim in G- in Germany, who said— they just wanted to say University of Geisenheim, uh, you, you? know, she's yeah. a smart lady. Yeah. She used to be at Simi Winery um, and did some wonderful research there. She's now at Geisenheim, and she pointed out that in the wine— uh, lexicon there is no definition for minerality yeah so why is it showing up all the time well minerality means nobody can define it and what's fascinating is they feel like they have to define it and i'm thinking if you're using a word that then you have to explain what it means why not just give the explanation and leave the word out because nobody else is buying your your definition of that it, word it means this wine is from europe Possibly except you got people in California no, saying I, they're I It, it, it too. tends to be the thing, you know. I... And, and
0: and and I will admit to to having uttered that phrase more than once. Uh-huh. Um, but but I what you know, but I usually follow it up with there's a bitterness or it tastes
1: a little bit metallic or you know. Right. By the way, none of those are Monica Christman's definitions right. of mineralogy. Right. Well, and the, and frankly, they're no, no they're my own. You know, like that's, that's but how it is. Everybody has their own so, right. So okay, it's, so let's just continue to use it, and everybody can say it's like one of those blank tiles you get in Scrabble. You get to play that tile, and it can be any letter you want. Because the question is, what mineral? You play the word minerality, and it just means you get one free adjective in the description. There you go. You know
0: what? I'm I'm going to use it. I'm going to use gold as my mineral. There you go. This yeah. wine tastes like gold. <laughs> All, right. All right, mine comes from a big-time wine writer who we have made fun of before. Though I'm not going to give. I'm not going to. I'm not going to too much give away. I know I could, but. But this is a wine writer with smartest guy in the room syndrome. Right, hanging so out with the wrong people. It, it can't. Instead of just explaining stuff, it has got to go sideways. So right. this is this is a, a definition of, of of a wine. Uh-huh. The winemaker's name has a perfectly a perfectly tuned style that makes the best of this vineyard's extreme coastal site. Not coastal site, extreme coastal, which is like four feet into the water. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. Barrel fermentation and aging in mostly older oak with a final stay in steel to
1: tighten the wine. The I would re- love any enology professor to explain how you put a wine in steel to tighten the wine because, in fact, you, steel is considered neutral storage. Well, what you do is you put rope around the wine. And you pull and you, really tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. You get one of those
0: wheels that can really yank, <laughs> yank on the thing. And, and the result is both sharp-edged and limpid. Yellow raspberries, pippin' apple beaked hazelnut, and the intense mineral signature mineral. found in all wines from this vineyard. Okay. First Great. off- So- Which mineral? Uh, gold, it's gold. Um, first off, I gotta do this as a as a food guy. I happen to know, and I but I have some references. Yellow raspberries taste like red raspberries and black raspberries. They all taste the same. You looked up, a, went to a, a couple of websites that do this. I looked at one of a uh, one of the culinary institutes, one of the ones I used to talk. Rick. Despite their appearance, they retain the distinctive flavor of the respective species. However, let me just say this: the Indiana Berry Company says this about yellow raspberries. They are softer than red raspberries and don't ship well. That's the difference. So,
1: well, this... now, what, Rick, you're being unkind because all this guy is saying is, I get paid by the word. Ah, I sneak in yellow in there. That's an extra fifty cents, right? He actually, and sharp edged and limpid
0: and and limpid. Limpid actually means it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means it you would doesn't say, mean limp. No, it actually means clear. Yes. So why not just use the word clear and and be oh I don't know clear?
1: Because limpid <laughs> is makes you think of limp. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. limping his way through this.
0: Yes, and um, and beaked hazelnut because there's three kinds of hazelnuts.
1: I got to think they all taste the same, but that's just me. Well, you haven't tasted all three. That's true. See, yeah, and you just in the same way, you haven't tasted all the different minerals, so what? you don't know what intense mineral signature found on this wine. Yeah, yeah, I it's... just have Mr. I can just see Mr. Mr. Long John Silver get it mineral signing his name with his mineral signature on this wine. Okay, I got to say, Long John Silver is a real stretch. (laughs) You are listening to Ball Talk with
0: Rick and Paul. Don't forget, by the way, you can find us on iTunes and subscribe for free with a click. When we come back, uh, we'll have Hank Beal, a regular contributor. He's the wine buyer for Nugget Market, and he runs one of the best supermarket wine departments in California. Stay with us. listening to bottle talk with rick and paul and we have one of our regular contributors back in the studio with us hank bill he's the corporate wine buyer for nugget market a respected guy in the industry well or he would be but he he was he keeps showing up on our show (laughs) and it's hurting his credibility Uh, luckily the nugget itself is not suffering but i think hank is being shunned so thanks for coming in. i think it's
2: good to be back (laughs) we'll see where this goes that's
0: right well, actually, what well, we we want to talk a little bit about uh, sort of trends in wine—not you know the the little instant ones—but the things that you see in your stores that are sort of occurring mm-hmm. over time, and so we're gonna sort of break them down. But one of the things that has really happened to the wine world um, that certainly certainly what you deal with that part of the wine world over the last year or two or three is the the growth of red blends. Yes, uh, they have sort of aimed at
2: the the newer wine drinker, but even the more experienced yeah, wine drinkers as well. It's a huge segment in our stores right now. In fact, our, some of our best-selling wines are... I don't know if I should mention brands or not. Sure, or, okay, you yeah. Yeah, I brands. Mean, yeah, yeah. What the heck? Maybe will send my, money. My best-selling red probably is Bogle Essential Red. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, in addition to Apothic and Ménage à mm-hmm. Trois. But uh, yeah. Bogle Essential... I was glad to see that because Bogle Essential doesn't have the residual sugar that some of right. the other ones have had. right. So I think maybe it's a... I, I hope to think the people are going to look back to more dry wines because some of the some of the blends do have quite a bit of residual sugar.
1: But it's quite a change from back in the day when um, Napa Valley wines were sold based on the fact oh, yeah. that they I mean, were different from better from the French because they were a hundred percent varietal. Well, we
2: label them by varietals, right? We don't oh, yeah. we don't label them by region. It's all about the varietal It's so important, but. But red blends are are still a hot item in the store for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it tells you something too about about at least newer wine drinkers, which is that they are not wedded to anything other than what wine tastes good. They're not they're not really
2: buying. Well, actually, one of the questions
1: I want to ask: Who is buying these red blends? Hey?
2: I think it's uh, the person that's probably started on a little bit even sweeter wine, maybe a Moscato or a white Zinfandel, uh-huh. and they want a little more body, a little more. Yep. You know. But Rick wants a little more body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: keep going to the
0: gym. Nothing happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> And so it's still kind of an entry-level drinker, I think, but they're just so likable and they're so easy to drink. Yeah. That's why they're so popular, I think. Yeah. Um,
1: well, it is funny, because on the other hand, if it's not easy to drink, is it hard to drink? And what are we doing trying to sell people wine? Wine that they oh, are not drink. Yeah. If you, if you, the first right. red
2: wine you ever had was a Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa. That. That might be kind of hard to drink if you're mm-hmm. not used to that, you know, sure. if you're used to drinking softer things or sweeter things. Right. Well, there's another piece of this puzzle which is that that those are wines that
0: people drink just by themselves. They're not food, they're not wines that people are drinking I with food. I think they're more cocktail kind of wines. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And that is, you know, that's something that and we've talked about this on the show before is that you know, a lot of times, Americans in particular ask a lot of a wine. We expect it to be a good cocktail, and then we want to sit down on the meal with the same wine.
1: Well, but then you think about the social occasion. When we say a good cocktail, it doesn't actually mean that people are sitting around drinking cocktails. It actually means that there's snacks on the table. There's food on the table. Uh, who knows?
2: And maybe that sweetness we, goes
0: with it. Yeah. Well, so when I say we're... it, I'm usually talking about breakfast.
1: <laughs> but that's a, whole, that's a whole different thing, I think. That's so. right. Jerry Mead's <laughs> great line <laughs> that's... is, wine, it's not just for breakfast anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I need that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, besides, okay, so so one of the big things and I know that we've seen that, and and you were uh, saying uh, off the air that um, that you're seeing them the blends get even sort of darker. Do they mean yeah. by
2: more sugar or more I think it's fruit? more body or more? They're just maybe more addition of Petite Sirah and things that are just bigger, uh, uh-huh. heavier varietals. So mm-hmm. is
0: that a well, it's an interesting question. We don't really know the answer to But is that sort of an evolution of, of those wine drinkers' palettes? Yeah. They yeah. want
2: something even bigger and bolder. Yeah. So Apothic Dark and Menage Midnight. And, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Gallo makes one also called Carnivore Cabernet, yeah. which is, so. you know, even I'll, bigger. I like know. Menage Midnight. And then they'll
0: have 2 a.m. and then pretty soon <laughs> yeah. it'll be Menage for breakfast. See, there you go, because we've circled our way around. And Carnivore. And, and Carnivore, yeah. But they're selling,
2: they're <laughs> selling like crazy, and um, people love them. Hmm. Good.
0: But, you know, one of the other trends that, that we've seen a little bit of, certainly at the higher end of the wine world,
2: or the, higher, the more experienced end is a better way to
0: talk, is lower alcohol. Is that something that you're seeing?
2: Yeah. I think we are, the people, people are asking for less alcohol. I mean, uh-huh. they make it so much easier to pair with food. Sure. And they're just so, those high-alcohol wines are so overwhelming. It, well, you know, it's just that, so much they, easier
1: to drink two it, bottles when the alcohol is lower. <laughs> right. I
2: know. So I've I seen the alcohol yeah, spin down then, a bit. Yeah, and then I get one for Deborah, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really like that because I, I look for wines with lower alcohol, you know, and I think they will they tend to age longer, too, if the right. alcohol is more in balance. Mm-hmm. If you look mm-hmm. at some of the old California cabs that aged so beautifully, they were 12.5% alcohol. They weren't right. 14% alcohol, 14.5%. Right.
0: Do you see that across the board? Are there some wines that are, that are dropping or that are less alcohol? I and mean, we're going to talk about that Latin a little more. A second, but what are you what are you seeing? Other varietals or other? Um, uh, yeah, in terms of what what wines in particular seem to be dropping in alcohol that are popular?
2: I think it's. I've seen cabernets are less. I've seen chardonnays are less less alcohol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're also seeing a move away from as much oakiness. I've seen mm-hmm. people asking for more uh, unoak chardonnay, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, one of our most popular wines in the stores and it has been for a while is a wine called Stella Rosa. Have you ever heard of that wine? Sure. Yeah, and it's a slightly it's, sweet. A totally slightly right? sweet, yeah, but low yeah. alcohol. It's like yeah. five and a half percent alcohol. Oh. Right. And right. Muscat is right, super popular, exactly. and that's, that's 5.5% alcohol, you know, 6% alcohol. Yep. It's great. You know, it's real refreshing. And
0: Well, and, and one of the things we should talk about what alcohol does to wine, so what we're saying is that, you know, we've had, um you know, I've had Zin's that were 16.5, but were pretty well balanced. I wasn't going to age them, but they were pretty well if balanced. You're having a, fruit, a lot again. of fruit, right? So, so alcohol isn't a criminal by itself. No. but but what it's I it hope can, not. But if what it, it is. We're all in <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We have been living right. on it for
2: I don't know how many years. And so I you hope know, not. Let's, let's be right. honest
0: here. Some people have a glass of wine because they want to get a little bit of a buzz. But having said that, what it can do is throw wines out of balance, and right. often it can make it taste hot the way the tequila can make um, my breakfast taste
1: hot. Right. Well, <laughs> and the other thing it does and we, you alluded to this slightly, is it can make you feel out of balance. Yeah. yeah. You know, the idea no. of drinking I half, live a that bo- way, half a bottle of 16.5% alcohol wine is different than drinking half a bottle of 12% alcohol wine. The same is true of beer. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if I'm a winery, I'd rather have people, or if I'm a restaurant, mm-hmm. I'd rather have people order for a group of six people, two or three bottles, and enjoy them Then have them drink a bottle and a half, and everybody say, wow, I'm already buzzed. I don't want to drink any more wine. That's enough.
0: Yeah, see, well, that's the opposite, because when I teach a wine class, I get them the highest alcohol possible, so they'll think I'm funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> It takes I, more than that, right? right. It, <laughs> it takes well, more <laughs> it, than alcohol. <laughs> very good point. <laughs> right. Uh, so what else are you seeing out there? You, we had also talked a little bit about sustainable being—is that sustainable uh, people,
2: people are looking for local, sustainably produced wines, and—, and we're uh, we're promoting them we're, we're flagging them at our store mm. and not sustainability but local of
1: course you're right i mean you're you're in a good position yeah, I mean, to do that we're
2: in the part of the wine country sure. between the you know our we have a store in Vacaville and one in the foothills right so, so you got the foothills Oak you got Grove, Lodi you got yeah, Napa. Yeah, so Napa, Napa you got yeah. we uh, yeah. we're surrounded by the wine country we're, we're we're really blessed to be where we are right here in Sacramento yeah. yep. so that
0: makes it easy well and and how does sustainability work compared to organic cuz you know there were studies a couple years ago where Organic was really a bad thing to have on label because people thought it was going to be like that organic apple bruised and it was going to be like yeah. those
1: pancakes they give you and you think you know these taste just a little too healthy to be yeah the dry pancakes yeah. I think yeah. it goes
2: with the whole farm to fork people just want locally produced goods that they you know that people aren't abusing the land and the mm-hmm. land's going to be here for future generations mm-hmm. and these you know these farmers are they're buying into it I mean they they're family owned farms they want to have it for their kids and their kids kids and, sure you know so I think. That's important, and I think our guest thinks that that's important. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and is organic selling though? Are people actually buying organic?
2: We don't. We think we would sell more organic wines. Actually, we integrate them into the sections in most stores, so we just flag them as organic. We don't have a separate organic section, um, and and it varies depending on where our stores are too. That. You know, some stores sell more than others, but it's not a huge category for us.
1: So, But you do carry organic produce in your store. Yes, we do, and it's and, growing rapidly. Yeah. And I'll bet you the percentage of organic produce compared to normal produce is much higher than the percentage. Of Absolutely. The, yeah. 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 But you'd yeah.
2: think that same guest who bought that organic produce would buy organic wine. Sort of, but I
1: think there is a general perception that food and um, food that wine is basically a kind of handcrafted product anyway, yeah. and I think most people think. And that I think pe- you're right. Yeah. yeah, they they don't. It's pretty right. natural already. Right. It's pretty natural already. Right. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, we do. I do look for organic wines, good, we good, well-made organic wines, and sulfite-free wines, and or no sulfite-added wines, because there's a definitely a call for that too.
0: Well, going back to what Paul was saying a little bit earlier, maybe the slogan should be. Uh, organic wine, not a, a flat, tasteless pancake. I think that, would, that probably wouldn't help. <laughs> yeah, I think it? that yeah. would go great. That, that would help. be good. Yeah. Or
1: the, you're the marketing guy. The I'm perfect, just throwing it out. the perfect drink with your flat, tasteless. <laughs> <But> there there
0: <laughs> you go. So, any other, any other things that you see that have sort of have been occurring, rolling over the years? I mean, as far as trends, uh, yeah. Sustainability, local. Um, uh, red to white, white to red. Are there, you know, any any changes in that direction? Like more people drinking red? It's funny. We,
2: I just thought about this. Was we were talking about red blends. That they, all these companies that made the red blends tried white blends, mm-hmm. and none of them have worked for me. That's yeah. interesting. Apothic made a white blend. Menage de Troyes makes a white blend, and they, they just, it doesn't transfer for some reason. Well, people
0: uh-huh. don't need it. You know, that for one, they know what they want with whites. Whites, yeah. you know, it's the the, 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 the well, not Moscato for a while. I'm going to ask you about that in a second, but you know, it's it's Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio, and certainly for the big, yeah. you know, I mean, Chardonnay maybe, there are maybe
1: what they're getting out of the red blend is that. Tannin right uh, isn't in the red blends the way it is in the individual varietal wines. That's not a problem you need to solve with white wines. Right. So yeah, right. There's yeah, right. no need it's to already create. Been solved.
0: Right. And some really you know whether it's higher end or sophisticated sure. whites. I mean that, that could, for the beginner, they'll be pretty good for them as well. So mm-hmm. it's you know that, yeah, I, can, I can see how that would work. Uh, you know, in, in terms of, of uh, the
2: reds that are selling, I mean, Cab was king. Cab was always king. Cab's it's, still it's king. As is, by by the same far same as reds Absolutely. go, uh, varitals, mm. yeah. But yeah. you know what's really grown is Pinot Noir, which yeah. I love to see because it's my favorite varietal, my favorite red bridal. so... Yeah. Um, yeah, but you'll seen. drink. Are you like us? You'll drink anything. Oh right? yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I've, <laughs> yeah. Seen him. Okay. I've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, that's, uh, you know, and I will. I will
1: say that. And uh, he gets it. He gets it wholesale.
0: One of the reasons why I like <laughs> Hank uh, for my, being my friend is that Hank makes that mistake that many people do, which is that as the night goes on. Keeps going for the better and better oh, wine. Nice. So, so Man. my my trick is just to try to just getting get k- started. Yeah, well, try not to get kicked out of his house until the end of the party, and then I, I can, <laughs> I guess that's not, a bad habit. Yeah, then. I can Excellent. get. In We've been talking to one of our regular local contributors, that is Hank Beal, the wine buyer for Nugget Market, and a very good guy. We when we come back, we will uh, have some food and wine pairings for you. Listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Stay with us. <laughs> You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and uh, it's mid-January. Uh, it's cold. Temperatures, it's cold. The temperatures are not nice; they're not nice. They may be here in Northern California, tottering down the lower 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that; you just ruined our national I am, audience. I am such a wimp. I totally admit <laughs> to being a weather wimp. Um, but uh, even here, we need something warm and satisfying. So, so, and this is not an easy food pairing. A wine pairing is, okay. and but one of my favorite kinds of soups uh, is split
1: pea. Ah, uh, yes. So okay. what would you— yeah. What would With you... a little ham in it, maybe a little bacon in it, Well, not like that, in my house out. because my wife does not eat ham.
0: Uh, well, but if then... I am in
1: a restaurant, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I'm going for a little
0: ham in mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Well, it makes the pairing a little bit easier, actually.
1: Well, it does. Um, uh, two options. One, very straightforward and simple, which is a nice Pinot Noir. Uh, got some nice warmth to it. Makes you think of the summertime a little bit softer texture, which I think goes well with the pea soup. But I got another one that's just completely out of the, out of the most people's uh, comfort range, which is a nice glass of Madeira. Yeah. OK. And, and we bring this up now
0: and then. So once again, you need to just tell people how Madeira to find Madeira it, and from what it is. from the
1: island of Madeira, which is you know basically off the coast of Africa. It's part of Portugal and was part of the original uh, early colonial trade with Europe because people were bringing Madeira wine to the U.S. Um, all the founding fathers drank Madeira and in fact, I think there was something like two thirds of a bottle per man at the Constitutional Convention. So Madeira was a big thing in the uh, colonial era. Um, delicious, uh, quite oxidized wine, so it's brown in color, has lots of very complicated flavors. But it would be really interesting to drink that with a with a nice pea soup. Sounds pretty yummy. and it would it? warm you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: I'm slightly different directions, but you know, especially if there's ham in there. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm going with a Syrah, or, and a peppery one, a lighter Syrah, uh-huh. and or and and really even more perfectly an Aussie Shiraz, which is uh-huh. of course the same okay. grape, but those tend sure. to. Emphasize the pepper and and the bacon fat, yep. and and I think either yep. with or without the with the ham in there, the bacon fat will give you that. Uh, sure, that will give you that. And and uh, and uh, frankly, um, as we have said on uh, other times, uh, and frankly, uh, when we were talking about earlier in the show, we are pushing Syrah here. We like to Why think not? that ball talk with Rick and
1: Paul pushes everyone, but we do. I happen to like so Darn it, I'm <laughs> going to
0: push it. So I think it goes pretty well with that.
1: The real problem we have is that we do this show right after we have not eaten enough lunch, and right now that's true. everything I'm already getting sounds yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, and we do. Uh, we do
0: have another question that we're going to take since we have a little bit of time left in the show. Great. Uh, yes, uh, this is from Christopher Smith in Napa and uh, he said i read a story that said napa was making serious sauvignon blanc wipe that smile off your face <laughs> <laughs> he says i live in napa and no one says that here
1: <laughs> you think
0: what do they mean by serious and why does the wine have to be serious one reason i drink wine is to not be
1: serious okay so first of all he's absolutely dead right yeah. second of all there's no definition of the term serious so rick you and i should create a tasting note minerality, for it it's got to have minerality got to be serious yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole bunch. Yeah. Words that mean nothing, and then we slap them all there one after the other. People think is a great wine,
0: you know. We have used uh, in, in an earlier show, and we're going to use this again because I love it the random wine description generator that's right. And it just puts toge- pulls it together words. We, we are those, building our own, we're going to build our own. Yeah, we're all
1: only words that have no meaning. <laughs> there you I, go. Here, I have a definition for serious okay, it's an absolutely iron clad. Perfect definition for serious, which is a serious wine is one that puts a serious expression on your face when you pull out your wallet to pay for it. Yes, that would be. So if you're drinking $10 bottles of wine and you're buying a $30 bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, baby, that's a serious Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, (laughs) this is, you know, I've seen this from a number of wine writers talking about a number of regions, and it's always some wine that, you know, so Sauvignon Blanc, They, you know, it's funny that California Sauvignon Blancs, Tend not to get the respect that, frankly, I think they deserve. But uh, because they're not New Zealand, so they're not, you know. They're from, too happy. Yes, they're too happy. They're they, not serious. They, enough. they joke around a lot. That's right. They, too they many t- bad puns. Bad puns. They listen to our show. They listen to our show. <laughs> they our they show. should know better. Oh, God, you know? now they're ruined. You know, but, but regions <laughs> get that too. And I do remember sure. one writer talking about you know, the foothills and saying, if the foothills want to be serious, they'd be making Grenache. And I know, I remember another writer wa- writing about Lodi and saying, if Lodi, wants to get serious, they yeah, need to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then pass a Robles. Yeah. It, and, and Really, if, if I'm a winery or wine region, I don't want to be the, the serious wine region. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the wine region where people come and have fun and like right. my wine. I want to have people fall in love and it with is, me. It is this thing. It is this thing that... Um, you know, we talk about this all the time, that critics feel like their job is to sort of elevate the people they're writing about. Yes. But it's to elevate,
1: elevate them into so their own thing. So I think we thing. are now making elevate. a wine that has... Elevated character, serious minerality. Yeah. Oh, we're on our way here. We, I can hardly wait. I, All we is, need is something to put in the bottle, I, and, and we've got a know, marketing if plan. If we
2: ever
0: found a wine that somebody would describe like this— it would taste really awful. It would just it, yeah, but it would it would put, be,
1: a, it would put a serious expression. That's in your right. Face would say it would be about as awful it.
0: as a wine that somebody let me make. And so we're we're not, we're not doing that. Um, that is it for another round of bottle talk with Rick and Paul. Our engineer is Matt Passini. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks to thanks for letting your friend Marty ask us a question. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use. If you'd like to ask us a question that we will try to answer on the show, go to rickandpaulwine.com. That's all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. Look for us on iTunes. Easy to find. Subscribe for free. Heck, you don't have to listen again if you subscribe. Um, <laughs> we, you will get counted. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's this, that yellow raspberries taste just like the red and black ones. And mineral ones. And mineral ones. <laughs> I'm Rick Cushman. <laughs> I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or us, especially us. <laughs>